Shalom Ubracha, and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. Today we'll be learning Mizmor Memhe of Tehilim, Psalms chapter 45. This Mizmor is an unusual Mizmor in several ways. Number one, because of the context in which it occurs, right after Mizmor that describes the terrible situation of Galut that we saw already from the beginning of the of this book, of Book 2 of Tehilim, of 42 and 43 and 44, 44 reaching a very, very desperate situation, all of a sudden we have a very positive, flowery mizmor that is speaking apparently about a wedding of a king to a foreign queen. And we don't know who the king is, and we don't know who the queen is, However, the, this language is so flowery and so beautiful that one is astounded how the focus can be on such things right after reading Mizumorim uh, that we speak about exile. So let's go into the Mizmor. And the Mizmor begins with the superscription, Lamnatech al Shoshanim Bivne Korach Maskil Shir Yedidot. Then we have an extended superscription. First of all, Lamnatzeach, which is very common throughout Tehillim. Al Shoshanim, Lamnatzeach can mean to the conductor. Al Shoshanim, very difficult uh, phrase. We have it in, as the title of several other Mizmorim that do not have the same character. The word Shoshanim means literally a type of flower. Uh, it could be speaking about a type of music or. Uh, some uh, instruments, or it could be talking about the Shoshanim that was written out on paper, as one scholar suggested, on papyrus. Uh, it is uh, a word that remains not completely explained today, and we have to just hope that we'll get the explanation one day. Livnei Korach, these Mizmorim, uh, the group of Bnei Korach Mizmorim, Bnei Korach were a family of Levi'im, that were mentioned, there are several Mizmorim in this book, and then in the third book we have another group of Mizmorim that are that are called the Bnei Korach Mizmorim. So we have Lam Natseach, Al Shoshanim, Livnei Korach, three type of headings. Maskil, which is a heading that we've seen before. Maskil means a, she- a song of reflection, of, of uh, thinking and enlightenment, one that requires our attention. Shir Yedidot, a song of Yedidot, can mean friendship or love. So here we have an extended superscription that the psalmist is really trying to get across something over here. I will, Mizrat Hashem, speak about what that, what the psalmist is trying to get across, just for this po- at this point to note the extended superscription. It's telling you, it's then maskil, pay attention to this, reflect upon it. And this is a song of friendship, a song of love. The psalmist then talks about himself, unusually. My heart is astir with gracious words. I speak my poem to a king. My tongue is the pen of an expert 
describe. He's telling us the types of thoughts that he has as he is writing or saying this poem. Davaratov, he's going to speak good things. And he's going to say his poem, his action, his work in front of the king. His, his tongue will be like the quick scribe, uh, quill of the scribe who writes without, without stopping. This is also an unusual aspect of the Mizmor, that we, here we get, get an insight into the psalmist's thinking as he's going to be writing this psalm. I think this is critical to understanding the deeper meaning of this psalm, as we will get to at the conclusion of this class. Now we get into the psalm itself, and a whole list of accolades and praises that the scribe is giving to the king, most of them having to do with things that kings like, their outer appearance, their charm and grace, their swordsmanship, their strength, their ability to ride a horse very well, uh, their strength of their right hand, their quick arrows, sharp arrows that cause the enemies to fall beneath them and they go in their, their, their dynasty that will last forever. This is the outer, the outer praise that the, the psalmist is giving the king. Their clothing that's filled with the perfume clothing and the beautiful houses, the beautiful ivory palaces that they have. One wonders all of this external, superficial praise for things that are really not the essence of what a king is, at least not in Am Yisrael. And here it is heaped upon the king. One has to pay close attention, however, to the conditions of these, of these great things. And now we'll go into the words of the Mizmor itself. Pasukimil. Yofiafita mi adam you are fairer than all men. Your speech is endowed with grace. Rightly has God given you an eternal blessing. Chagor charbecha al yarech gibor, hodecha vahadarecha. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O hero, you strong one, in your splendor and glory. In your glory, win success. Ride on in the cause of truth and meekness and right, and let your right hand lead you to awesome deeds. So in Pasuk 5, we have the first inkling of the deeper meaning of the psalm. The psalmist is speaking great things to the king, nice things, davartov, yedidot, a friendship song. Throughout the praise of the seemingly superficial things, the psalmist puts in hints that everything is conditional on proper values. Al devarimet ve'anva tzedek. 
on speaking truth on humility and righteousness or righteous humility. These are the things for which all the wonderful, beautiful things that the king might like are based. They're based on speaking truth, on humility, on righteousness. Humility is an interesting point over here. It is the reason why in Sefer Devarim, in the book of Deuteronomy, why the king is required to write a copy of the Torah so that his heart won't be haughty and high. And here this is the value, one of the values that the psalmist is hinting at, that all the all the beauty and the glory that the king has is based upon. Pasukvav. Going back to the external things that all kings love. Kitsecha shenunim amim tachtechai pelu belev oiveha melech your sore, your arrows are sharp. Nations will fall down in front of you. And as these arrows go in to the hearts of the enemies of the king. Your throne of God is everlasting. Your a, a, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Uh, the here again, the psalmist is hinting that it's only because of God that His throne lasts will be lasting so long, and only when His scepter is a scepter of equity, of fairness. Shevet mishor, shevet malchutecha. And his, all the things that he wants and the king might want and praise himself on, that his arrows are sharp and that he defeats his enemies and that his dynasty lasts for a long time, is all dependent on the fact that it's God that provides him with the ability to be the king and that his scepter is one of equity and fairness. Verse 8 expands at length upon this idea. Ahavta tzedek v'tisna resha alken mishachacha rohim iroecha shemen sason mechaverecha You have loved righteousness, you have hated evil, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with joy, joyous oil, more joy and, than all, from all of your acquaintances and companions. The, the, end, the, the, the main part of why he's king, the psalmist is hinting, is because of his love of righteousness and his hatred of evil, and that it is God that, had made, that has made him king and not anyone else. God that has chosen from all his companions and all his friends. This Pasuk occurring near the center of the Mizmor is an important hint to the king that whatever he has is based on the fact that God has chosen him for the reason that he loves righteousness. Mor va'ahalot ketsiot kol bigdotecha min hechele shen minei simmechucha The psalmist goes into 
again describing the externals. Your love of righteousness, uh, sorry, all your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia from ivory palaces, lutes entertain you. So he has perfumed clothing, he has instruments that are playing, and they're coming from ivory palaces. Benot melachim bi kerotecha mitzeva shegali mincha bechetem ofir. Royal princesses are your favorites. The consort stands at your right hand, decked in gold of Ophir. Here we have a description of some other pleasures and things that the king has. He has princesses amongst those are his favorite women, maybe in his in his group of wives, collection of wives. And the queen, who's called over here by the word Shegal, consort, stands at his right side with the crown of gold of Ophir. Uh, the, this pasuk gives us some idea of the context in which we're speaking, possibly the context of a marriage between the king and uh, Shegal. The word Shegal is an interesting word. In later Hebrew, it is the word for queen. Uh, in earlier Hebrew, in the Torah, it's such a vulgar word that every time it occurs in the Torah, the Torah uses an alternative word of cleaner language uh, to mean, when it's used as a verb, it, it, it uses the word of cleaner language, which means to lie with. Um, the, the, it was probably too vulgar to read as is, and therefore in the reading of the Torah, we change the word. The word has been changed to, to mean to lie with. It could have very heavy sexual connotations. And this is another reason why I think the psalmist is hinting, using a word that has two meanings. One, an accepted meaning in later Hebrew of the queen, but there's a hint here of the baseness of the desire of the king for these, for these women. The psalmist now addresses the queen, or the queen-to-be, the bride, if you will, the occasion for this song, if you will. Shimi bat uri v'hati oznech v'shichhi amech u'bet avich. He addresses the woman, the young woman, like a teacher or father, listen, my daughter, and see, and incline your ear, pay attention. And forget your nation and the house of your father. This is a hint that the woman does not come from Am Yisrael because she's being told to forget her nation and the house of her father. Here apparently the king has decided to marry a non-Jewish woman. And the king will desire your beauty, because he is your lord, and bow down to him. It could be that this woman is from the, door, the, the nation of Tzor, and he's referring to her 
Ubatzor, he's calling her, that many rich people will come to to praise you and to seek your your appeasement. It could be that Batzor is one of the great women that would come and 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 seek your favor as well. Uh, there, there, they'll bring her gifts, and this is uh, one of the things, obviously, that the queen uh, would want—a young queen that is beautiful, that wants the king to desire her, and that wants people around to favor her, to seek her favor, and to address her. Here we have a description of the uh, of the clothing that this woman is wearing. is referring to all the beautiful accoutrements and luxuries and things that the queen has is bringing within into the castle or into the chupa all the beautiful jewelry, uh, her clothing is bedecked with gold, and she's brought on in uh, with embroidered clothing. She's brought to the king, and a train of maidens are brought together as her companions, brought into the king, into the palace of the king. They're presented to the, or to the queen or to the king. The word lach, at the end could be have two meanings. The Tuvalna Bismachot Vagil Tevoena Bechal Melech. They are led in with joy and gladness. They enter the palace of the king. The psalmist concludes the Mizmor with the praise to the king. Your sons will succeed your ancestors. You will appoint them princes throughout the land. I commemorate your fame for all generations, so people will praise you forever and ever. The psalm promises the king, the psalmist promises the king at the end that he'll have a long dynasty and that he will praise his name, mention his name forever and ever, which is somewhat ironic because the name of the king is not mentioned and we have no idea as to whom he's speaking. Interpreters of this Mizmod have explained it as referring to several kings, including David Melech, including Shalomo, or taking on the idea of Batsor, referring to Ahav. Each of these positions, interpretations, has some support, but also has some difficulties uh, within it. Could be, like all of the Psalms, the Psalmist wants this to be a general song, and therefore has taken out the name of the king. It could be, though, that this, what we're talking about here, is a veiled barb at the king, and the type of leadership that led to the destruction that we have in forty in the previous Mizmorim. This, this Mizmor is contrasted with the following ones, which speak very clearly about the real king, about God, 
about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I believe that the context of this Mizmor gives a hint to its deeper meaning, namely that it is a veiled criticism of the king in a context where the psalmist had to speak good things and therefore he tells us he'll be speaking a song of friendship. Listen carefully to his words. I'm going to be speaking like one of those scribes that's an expert, the professional scribes that had the job of writing songs at weddings. Yet beneath the surface, also within the psalm and also within the context, is the hint that these outer things don't mean a thing. It's the righteousness, the justice, the humility, the following of God's will that will lead God to make the, the king successful. And that is the condition upon which all success uh, is based. The contrast between this Mizmor 45 and a later Mizmor in Tehillim, where Mizmor 72, where we really see the, the qualities of a good king, will, is apparent. And we believe, I believe, this Mizmor is being written with a deeper meaning intended. Thank you for listening, and we'll, we'll speak again tomorrow with Mizmor 46.